You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Give Your Life Away podcast. We are three sections away from the end of the book of Hebrews. Today, Hebrews 13, 1 through 19. I'm going to read this passage. It's full of commands at the end of this letter. And then I want to go through those commands and maybe give you a self-examination question to ask of each of these commands, just to kind of see where your heart is in relation to these. And at the end, well, let me say this. I really want you to stick around for the end. Stick around for the end of these commands, because anytime there's a set of kind of this staccato fashion commands, like one after the other, rapid fire, there can be a sense of discouragement and defeat for the believer thinking, well, I don't do that well. I don't do that well. Do I even do any of these well? So I want you to stick around at the end for maybe some just pastoral words of encouragement. So let me begin by reading Hebrews 13, 1 through 19. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you are also in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals, whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin, are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate, in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. For we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. So again, as I mentioned, a lot of commands, and I'm going to go through them one by one. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the command. I'm going to state what it is. And then I'm going to give you a way to maybe ask yourself a question to help evaluate your obedience to that command. First, have brotherly love. He says in verse 1, let brotherly love continue. So the question I would ask here is, am I neglecting brotherly love in any way? Am I failing to love a brother or sister in any way? So that's the first 
command in question. Number two, show hospitality to strangers. In the first century world, there was an emphasis placed on caring for believers, new believers that you might have met, specifically believers that were under the threat of persecution. Even if you didn't know them, you brought them into your home. You cared for them. You extended hospitality. Today, I would say this for Christians. I would ask whether you are looking out for other believers, even if you don't know them well. Are you getting to know them? Are you trying to make them feel at home? Are there new people that come to your church with who maybe moved to the area and they don't know anybody? They're isolated. They're alone. They're lonely. They're, they're new to the area. There's some fears that might be there. Can you extend hospitality to welcome in a quote-unquote stranger and treat them as a brother and sister, to, to give them great care and hospitality, to show them love in that way. So the command show hospitality to strangers. The question I would ask is, do I do well at welcoming believers that I do not know? Number three, consider yourself with other Christians in prison or consider yourself aligned with other Christians who are maybe in persecution. So this is where, as American Christians, we don't often know of people immediately in the borders of the United States that are under significant persecution and even thrown in prison for their faith. Now, there may be some examples of of Christians being persecuted uh, financially. And so then I would just say, does your heart go out to people who are believers around the world who are being persecuted um, treated poorly because of their faith. So that would be everything from prayer. Maybe there's uh, trying to see a way to benefit those people's families. Maybe there's a financial way to help them. But, but the idea is that you're looking out, uh, you're looking for a way to care for people who are negatively affected because of their faith in Christ. Now, they probably find much joy in that, identifying in the sufferings of Christ, but it can't be easy, and it's probably not easy on their family members. So the Lord intended for us to bear the burdens of those who are being persecuted, to care for them, to pray for them, to consider ourselves as being with them. That's what he says specifically in verse 3. Number four, have a high view of marriage and sexual morality. Do I treat marriage, mine or another person's? Do I treat marriage as important as it really is? Am I in any way diminishing marriage? Number five, this is in verse five, keep self from the love of money. So he says here in verse five, keep your life free from the love of money. Now, I think many times if you're not driving, you know, five different sports cars that happen to be in your garage and you don't have four vacation homes, you think that, well, I don't love money. But notice, he says, keep yourself in the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So the idea is because of a lack of money, there can be fear, or because of the threat of a lack of money, there can be a fear in us, an anxiety that wells up in us because of money. You don't need to have a lot of money to be in love with money. People who are in love with money are people that fear not having it. Money is a security. And so when they don't feel like they're as secure because of the lack of money they have, they then fall into fear and anxiety. So ask yourself, Am I fearful of not having enough money? Am I anxious about money? If you are, 
you could make the connection, according to this passage, that you do love money too much. You're looking for it to be more of a security than it should be. Where's your security to be found? Well, it's to be found in the words of the Lord. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So ask yourself about your love of money. Next command found in verse 7, imitate the faith of the leaders that you've had. Imitate the faith and the outcome of their life, it says, of those leaders that you've had, the leaders specifically that have spoken the word of God to you. So maybe take time today to think about the leaders that you've had, maybe in your past, maybe growing up, maybe some of your leaders today, Bible study leader, whoever it may be, uh, pastor, think of the leaders and their life and think about ways that you can imitate their way of life or their faith. This doesn't mean that these people are perfect. It just means that they've been faithful and that you can follow them as they are following the Lord. In verse 9, we've got another command. Do not be led away from teachings that promote holiness by external things. I'm sorry, do not, be, do not allow yourself to be led away by teachings that promote holiness by external things rather than by grace. So this is what it says in verse 9. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. Now, we might think that this is, okay, this is false religion, and certainly it is, but you might be thinking of maybe um, Mormonism or some other false religion, Jehovah's Witness, and you might think, well, I'm not led away by those things. I'm good there. But notice, they're being led away. The, the, the writer of Hebrews is encouraging you not to be led away by a sort of teaching that, that, that strengthens you by what you abstain from. Okay, so the idea is there's this, there's this diet that you think that you should have. And if you follow this diet, then you are being more spiritual and more holy. And you are, in a sense, strengthening yourself. This would be true of first century Jewish believers who were tempted to hold to the Old Testament diet in order to strengthen themselves before God. Where the writer of Hebrews, which I believe is Paul, and here's where you can make an argument. He, Paul writes about this in a number of other letters. The writer of Hebrews would say, you're not strengthened by a diet. You're strengthened by grace. So for the 21st century believer, I would say, are you trying to strengthen yourself by things that you abstain from? Those things do not strengthen you. What strengthens you is the grace of God. Don't be led away to think that you can make yourself stronger by what you abstain from. That, that you, you can do that and take all of your focus off of the grace of Jesus Christ and place it all on your own efforts of being stronger by what you abstain from. Don't do that. You need the Lord. You need his grace. He is your everything. So admit to him, I need you to strengthen me. I need your grace. You will not count my sin against me, and that makes me want to be more faithful to you. Your grace has strengthened me. So there's, there's a warning here. Don't be led away from teachings that promote holiness by external things rather than by grace. Another command, we've got a few more to go. Verse 13, go outside the camp and bear the reproach. He talks about Christ going outside of Jerusalem, bearing the reproach. So for me, I would ask, am I okay bearing the reproach of other people because of my commitment to Jesus Christ? Am I willing to be treated as an outsider in this world because of Jesus Christ? 
So ask yourself, is there any area in my life where I am tempted to compromise my commitment to Christ because I want to be accepted? That's a good thing to ask ourselves. Verse 14, another command, continually praise God verbally. He, he wants the fruit of our lips. He says this in, let's see here, verse 15, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So I would say this, how often do I speak of the Lord publicly in my home to other people? Am I constantly bragging about him, proclaiming him? And not in a not in a way that where your heart is distant from that and you think, well, I'm just supposed to say things like praise the Lord. That's just what Christians do. No, I mean from a heart that loves him. Are you wanting other people to know about his characteristics and what he is like? Next, verse 16 sacrifice for the good of others. Verse 16 says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's it's true that Christians would rather give up some things that they have for the good of other people. They are willing to be at a loss in order to benefit other people. There's no dollar amount here. It doesn't say give this much money every month. Because then wealthy people could just say, that's easy. I'll just give that money and it's gone. This is, this is a, 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 a gift that costs you something. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's an amount of money. Maybe it's uh, resources that you have. You give up something from yourself, something that's costly in order to benefit another believer who doesn't have what you have. That is the command given in verse 16. So am I okay being inconvenienced or not having as much as I would normally have so that my brothers and sisters can be cared for. There's a question I would ask myself. Number, or I don't know what number this is. It's the next one's in verse 17. Obey and submit to your leaders in a way that makes their work a joy. So I'd ask the question, is my life and are my actions a joy to my pastors, the leaders that God has placed over me? Am I a joy to them or am I kind of a, drudge to them? Am I a joy or am I not? This is a command from the Lord. This isn't, I didn't insert this because I'm a pastor. I didn't say, hey, this, this is something to think about. This is direct revelation from the Holy Spirit himself. You should be making your pastor's ministry and his, uh, and what he does a joy rather than a drudge. Uh, verse 18, final command, pray for your leaders. Pray for your leaders, specifically their godliness and their clear conscience. Paul thinks that he has a clear conscience and he asks that they would keep praying for him. So I would say pray for your leader's godliness. Please pray for your leader's godliness. So again, I would ask the question of myself, am I praying for the godliness of my leaders? Now I know this has already been a much longer than normal podcast, but I want to leave you with these things. Anytime we go through a list of commands here, there can be the temptation to just start to change some external things in order to do better in an area, but bring your heart before the Lord. Tell him where maybe you haven't done some of these commands well. Admit that to him. Confess your sin. Find him as faithful to forgive. So bring your heart before him. Just point out to him where the black spots are, where the disobedience has been, and then ask him for strength. And then put together or put down on paper or make an effort to obey in these certain ways. Don't just go quick to the obedience. Go confession first and then obedience. This is a matter between you and God. 
not a battle between me on a podcast and you. Not, 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 I'm not going to look at your notebook and see if you've made um, some goal setting, uh, a goal setting list based on these commands. Bring, make this between you and the Lord. Own where you haven't been faithful and ask him for the strength to make you then faithful. So do this with a heart for God and talking to God. Next thing I would say, and the final thing I would say, obey these and trust in the grace of God. I read through this list and I think there are some things I need to change and repent of and acknowledge to the Lord. Don't let that keep your head down. Pick your head up knowing that God has been gracious to you. He's covered all your sin. The areas of sin that you that are represented in this list even, the, the ways that you've sinned against the Lord by not obeying this list, he's been gracious to forgive. So pick your head up, smile, enjoy his grace, and ask him for the strength to go on. Don't let a list like this discourage you. Let it encourage you because everything that you need to obey, you have in Jesus Christ. This is a list that you should read and you should say, wow, I can do this by the strength of God. What a privilege. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.